Welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guests to the show today, Francisco Lopez and Amber Keeney, both from DreamSpring. Francisco is the Chief Operations and Innovation Officer, and Amber is the Director of Communications. Hello, guys, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Sean. Thanks so much. Awesome. Before we dive into the exciting things we want to tell, uh, which has a huge component in a number of innovative things that you guys have both been involved with at DreamSpring to really scale impact, I'd like to go in a little bit of background for you both. So Amber, why don't we have you start? Sure. Well, my background's in creating partnerships and strategic communications in the public sector, specifically within the economic opportunity space. I've spent about a decade working with Community Development Financial Institutions, or CDFIs, and then on the community reinvestment side, helping mainstream banks and financial institutions work with nonprofits to reach expanded impact together. Got it. Thank you much. And Francisco, how about for yourself? Of course. Thank you, Sean. Uh, my background is basically in management consulting. I was a management consultant for a long time. After that, I went uh, and dove into financial services and primarily in fintech uh, the last eight to 10 years. Did a lot of work in financial technology before I joined DreamSpring three years ago uh, when um, it was my first introduction into the community development financial institution space, the nonprofit space. Had experience already in small business lending and consumer lending uh, from my previous experiences, but that is that is mostly my my background. I have a background in technology. I have a background in business process improvement, and a, a very very uh, strong back, background in change management and overall uh, consulting. Fantastic! Thank you both for sharing. And where I think would be great to go next is if you could tell us a little bit more about DreamSpring. Of course. So DreamSpring is a 27-year-old community development financial institution. It was founded in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where our headquarters still are, and where Anne Heinz, who is our founder and CEO, resides as well. Uh, for many years, uh, we had a five-state uh, five geographical footprint, mostly in the Southwest. Uh, we used to be part of a larger network called Acción which we left in August of 2019 and rebranded as StreamSpring and went fully independent. We have always been uh, small business lenders and have been very, very mission-driven, uh, serving uh, underserved entrepreneurs and small businesses in all of the communities that we serve. Thank you for that. And where I kind of want to go next is, can you talk more about uh, you've given some of the background, but I'd love to hear more about the program or programs in particular uh, that DreamSpring manages and offers to its clients. So we, we, I'd like to say that we are a, a pure small business lender. So uh, we've always done basically your, your traditional term loan to our clients. And as many, as many other organizations in our space, we also offer some technical assistance to our clients, but it's ne not necessarily where we operate the most. And we're not necessarily, you could say, uh, leaders in that space, but we do uh, provide heavy technical assistance to our clients, mainly across the application process. Uh, we do a lot of handholding to our clients and our customers uh, while they are going through the application process. And then when we are servicing the loan. Most recently, we have added uh, additional pro products and programs to, to our portfolio. Uh, we do lines of credit. We also do some commercial real estate loans. 
So basically, that is the type of, of products and services that we offer. We also do specific programs with our funding partners. So us as a nonprofit, we have a lot of partnerships with banks, uh, specific foundations that are looking to deploy specific programs in the specific target markets to fill specific needs. So uh, a lot of those programs have to do with us going out into specific communities. Like, for example, if we do a program in rural Colorado, so we develop specific programs that are focused in making sure that we provide the access that those markets need. And in partnership with a foundation or a bank, whomever is looking to deploy funds in specific uh, markets. But most of all, we are small business lenders, term loans, lines of credit. That is our day-to-day. Got it. And uh, you've mentioned, the, I think, the client a few times now in terms of like small business. Can you give us a little bit more information about the profile you mentioned underserved? So I'd love to learn a little bit more about who your clients typically are. So our clients are typically made up of micro businesses or entrepreneurs. Uh, we a lot of startups, right? So in order for me to kind of paint a picture of a typical DreamSpring client, it could be a very small startup. Sometimes it's a one-person one shop that's looking to start their own business. We help a lot of those type of clients. We actually, uh, when they come to us for a loan, they probably won't even have any, any business income or business history. Uh, so we sometimes take a look and provide the loan based on their own personal history and background. And the reason they can come to us is because that is the hardest kind of phase for a small and micro entrepreneur to get funding. No? So that is a big differentiator that we are able to provide that type of help. Then we also help a lot of uh, small and micro businesses that are looking to grow. Uh, some of them, of them could be past clients of ours, they could be new clients, uh, but they also always kind of fall into that into that profile, right? Where either the amount of capital that they need is small, right? It's not that big. These are micro businesses, micro entrepreneurs. It can be a loan below $10,000. And it's very hard to get a small business loan from a bank, for example, for, for, for that amount of capital. It's a very expensive loan to, to, to provide. And thus, it makes it difficult to get access to that type of capital. And we are the ones that can provide uh, that type of, of help and capital to our clients. So just to give you an example or to kind of paint that picture, is normally entrepreneurs that are underserved or small businesses that are underserved or want to grow. That's a great summary. Thank you for sharing. And uh, no, Francisco, you and I have talked about this uh, several times in terms of the recent success that DreamSpring has had and ambitious goals to grow. So very interested and excited to have you tell that story on the show. If you wouldn't mind, start pretty much anywhere you'd like, but there were some legitimately ambitious goals that were set in terms of what you were hoping to do from the perspective of growth. And uh, you guys have had some great success with that. So I'd love to hear you tell that story again. Of course. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> but <laughs> sure. for a long time, DreamSpring... As I mentioned earlier, when I was talking about, about our background, uh, we operated and served a five-state region in the Southwest. And what that was translated into the amount of impact that we had in our communities, we had pretty, pretty good impact, you know, based on our size. Uh, I would say that on an annual basis, we could probably put out 
anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 loans. Uh, our average loan size has always been between $13,000, $15,000. And, and that has always provided and really, really helped us pursue our mission and, and, and impact. A few years ago, prior to 2019, uh, the organization uh, engaged a firm to do a study on the potential growth opportunity uh, for community development financial institutions, in particular ours. And what we found out was that the type of client and small business and entrepreneur that we serve, it's across the country, right? I mean, it's one of the biggest uh, segments of the market that exists. And so it was clear to us that we had the opportunity to really scale our impact in a very important way. And obviously putting everything into, into perspective and proportion, we knew that we had the capacity to set a goal to grow tenfold in a five-year period. Uh, that is driven not only by geographical expansion, but also by the, develop, the development of our own uh, lending uh, platform, by developing our own technology that as we continue to develop it, makes our process more and more efficient and allows us to reach more and more clients and to provide that access to capital that is very much needed. While at the same time, uh, we are able to maintain our more traditional uh, lending uh, service where we are basically a, a high-touch lender, right? We have a very close relationship with our clients. We provide that hand-holding that I talked about earlier. But marrying the two aspects, we know that we can reach that scale that, that we have set out to, to do. So we started along that path back in 2019 when we rebranded. Uh, we were already set on that path. And then in March uh, 2020, as we all know, the crisis hit, no? COVID hit. So when that happened, the organization and its uh, leadership team uh, decided to pivot and to participate wholly and fully in the Paycheck Protection Program that was put forth by the U.S. government, uh, which is called PPP. And it, it, it kind of, the planets aligned, right? Because we already had our technology developed to a certain level. We already had certain partnerships put into place that allowed us to reach clients beyond, or potential clients beyond our geographical footprint. It had, well, the technology had the capacity to be able to provide a loan end-to-end -end online without having to be physically in the presence of, of the entrepreneur. So when we did that, we basically had, uh, adjusted what we needed to adjust within our internal processes and our platform. We set up the partnerships that we needed in order to become uh, economic first responder, if you will, uh, with PPP. And you could say that we, we did a proof of our model in the last two years through the engagement in PPP. We actually reached the tenfold levels that we're choosing to reach in a five-year period. They were accomplished in an 18-month period. You know? We learned a lot about that. Uh, we learned the capacity that the organization has, the constraints uh, that, that, that we have, the, you know, the challenges that we are about to continue facing as we scale. We already lift them to a, to a certain extent. And now what we're doing is we continue to chart our path towards that goal for 2024, but in a very sustainable way. 
Now, what does tenfold look like? What, what does that mean? So in terms of loans and capital provided and deployed, we are planning on going from lending between two to 3,000 loans a year to lending anywhere to 30,000 loans, to 40,000 loans a year, and lending anywhere from $25 million a year to lending close to, to 30 to 40, I mean, to $300 to $400 million a year. And the way we plan to achieve that is precisely through that effort of geographical expansion, the development of our technology, and the development and evolution of partnerships that we have put in place and that we will continue to put in place. How does that look in terms of impact? We have the target markets that we serve and will continue to serve, where we will also make sure that the impact that we are scaling is obviously directed and targeted towards those target markets. And I'll let Amber, if you can tell us a little bit about those target markets, if you have the numbers, it would be good, or at least the the target markets that we're serving. I mean, I can touch briefly on our target markets. I mean, our whole mission is focused on supporting small business owners who need a community development organization like DreamSpring to access capital. We're bridging a gap before entry into the conventional mainstream banks. And so we're working with small business owners because of geography. They may not have access to banks. And so rural areas, markets where that accessibility may not be there. And then we're also focused on diverse small business owners, women business owners, veteran business owners, those who need that little boost of guidance and capital to really set their business into motion. And with that in mind, that's how we've been able to craft the products and services that can reach those communities and bring that to scale. Fantastic. Uh, Thank you for telling that story, Francisco, and filling in with more detail, Amber. That's pretty impressive to have set out a five-year goal and hit that in approximately 18 months, what you said to reach 10x. I imagine you guys are pretty happy with those results. And along the way, you started talking about how you did it, some of the tactics and strategies. I heard you mention investments in software and technology and those tools. That's quite a bit I talk about on the show in terms of helping reach or greater scale and scale impact through products uh, and technology and software whenever possible. Can you talk a little bit more about how you did it in that way? What tools you leveraged, what investments you've made so far, and maybe where you plan to go next with that? So the biggest, you could say, I would say that the largest investment that the organization has done in the last three, four years is precisely in our own technology, in our own lending platform. To be able to own your own uh, lending platform gives you a lot of leverage and a lot of flexibility in terms of who and how you can partner with other organizations, how you can deploy uh, new and more creative uh, products and services to your clients, how you can make your own processes more efficient. So I think the biggest investment that we have done that has yielded the, the most results has been in owning our own technology and developing it and continuing to develop. On top of that, as to the how we did it back in 2019 when we when we rebranded, one of the there were two major uh, challenges in order uh, that we need, that we faced in order to be able to rebrand and be completely independent. One again, 
was our own platform. And second was the sourcing of our clients, of our new clients, right? 50% of the clients that we sourced back then came from the network that we belonged to, which was Axion. Once we went fully independent, we needed to make up for that uh, sourcing of clients. And what we did is we partnered with financial technology, with fintech marketplaces, marketplaces that are out there that currently a lot of entrepreneurs and small businesses, they go online, they're looking for a small business loan, they're looking for a startup loan, they look for it, they find it, they get matched with us, and then we take that client and start the application and the funding process. So that type of partnership, that technology, on top of features that we continue to add to to our lending process, like, for example, you know, the more you do business online, the more you need to make sure that you are monitoring and looking out for fraudulent players in the space, right? Uh, The more you need to find a way to verify the identity of of the people that you are, of of the clients that you're serving. All of that put together, when the time came for us to pivot to PPP, it all played in our favor and in our clients' favor. That allowed us to reach clients in exponentially, allowed us to process clients exponentially, and to be able to have that, that effect and that impact that we did the last two years. Yeah, it's incredible to hear uh, you share the story in terms of how that's uh, helped you uh, accelerate that kind of growth and pro- process towards that level of scale. Because that's the intention, right? It's in making those types of investments. That's exactly what it's what's expected to do. Doesn't always play out that way. So I'm glad it has thus far. Um, and that's a great example of kind of using it in order to reach greater scale. So what you've talked about so far, as well so far, uh, Francisco and Amber, is how you've reached this kind of five year goal in a much shorter window than you anticipated. I'm curious to know more about what the kind of the next phase plan is from there since you've reached that goal in, in such short order. How have you kind of adjusted or revised your plans from here? Um, and then you had mentioned setting up so that it's essentially more sustainable. Uh, it looked like you had a unique opportunity, I should say, you know, despite the obvious challenges related to that. But obviously, this is one of the best examples I've heard of making the best of that opportunity with regard to the funding capabilities from PPP, obviously. But I'm curious to learn more about what your thought process is in terms of funding the operation moving forward, because I know that's something we've talked about as well, too. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about both of those. Of course. So so after PPP, we basically reset our goals. <laughs> we reset our goals and we recharted the, the path uh, using 2019 as a baseline. So we did that intentionally. We went back pre-COVID, pre-PPP, and set a baseline and said, okay, from 2019 to 2024, this is how we want to grow. This is what we want to how we want to scale our impact. And by 2024, we want to be at at, at tenfold you know, in in impact and uh, loans deployed, money lent, etc. And the 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 way or the challenges and the the items that we are that we are taking into consideration to do all of that, and where we are also starting to to direct our efforts is first say that our primary goal was to make sure that we had the right team members within dreamspring right going from, starting from the leadership to to the whole organization 
we're still in that process. We're still, say, rebuilding the team. As you know, uh, many organizations, and, and we weren't the only ones, we had turnover during, during the crisis. And we're still continuing and doing everything that we need to do in order to retain our talent and to hire new talent that can help us uh, reach our goals. I'd say people is one of the first most important aspects of us continuing on that path. The other one was making sure that, that the path that we set was sustainable and achievable. No? So even though we were able to have that level of impact and scale the last two years, we knew that we, we know that we weren't able to maintain that level of, of origination and capital deployment in 2022. So we decided to scale down and grow it back up starting in 2022 towards 2024. So that by 2024, we are at the same level that we were in 2021, but in a much more sustainable way. What that means or what we need to do in order to achieve that is we need to grow technology. Uh, we need to grow geographically. That is a must. We must continue to develop our technology. We must continue to partner with organizations that align on their mission, on their vision, and that are looking to access and to provide access uh, to the same target markets that, that we are and work to, together as a partnership to be able to achieve those goals. And the other part that's super important, because again, we are a nonprofit, is to continue to develop our foundational and philanthropic partners. So in order for us to be able to deploy more capital, we need more capital. <laughs> so, so fundraising is a big component of the work that we do. It's a big component of the fuel that we need in order to scale. We can't scale without it. We have a lot of bank partners. We have a lot of uh, other organizations that are willing to offer us the capital that we need to deploy, but we still need uh, additional capital to be able to fuel that growth. So I would say that all of those elements are kind of the basic and the most important elements that will allow us to get to where we need to get. That's helpful. Thank you, Francisco. And thank you both for being here. It's much appreciated. It's very exciting to tell the story. It's, it's I love hearing about these stories where we're uh, scaling impact in a considerable way through the use of products, technology, and these unique strategies and innovation that you guys have been capable of. It's always awesome to hear more about. Two questions I have for you guys before I let you go. The first is, are there any resources that you would recommend sharing with our audience where they could go to learn more about anything we talked about here or anything that's been important to your mission? Sure. Um, anyone who wants to learn more about DreamSpring can visit dreamspring.org. We have information about the team that was able to help us scale in a way that was bigger and better, like Francisco mentioned. And anyone can also connect with us on our social channels. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. So feel free to connect with us and reach out for questions or to just learn more about our organization and how to get involved. Thank you, Amber. And last question I have is, is there anyone in particular that should think of you guys uh, and like basically who should be reaching out to connect with you on any of these channels? So I would probably break that down. One, if you're a small business entrepreneur that is in need of capital, reach out to us. If you are an individual that's looking to start uh, your own uh, micro or small business, reach out to us. If you are a philanthropist or represent a foundation or an organization that is looking for partners uh, that are mission aligned to what you want to accomplish, we can be that partner. 
And if you are somebody that feels that uh, has or represents an organization that has a technological platform or certain elements that complement what we just described here, we are very, very technology and partner driven. So I would say that those are the main persons that, that should reach out to us. And anybody else that, that wants to talk about uh, small business lending. Thank you, Francisco. Thank you, Amber. I appreciate you guys being here to tell your story. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Product Launch. I hope you got value out of it. I like to feature product people on my podcast because that's who I love to help. I'm a product strategist and I can help you scale your business and grow your profit through a product. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you, email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, nxtstep.io. Or visit my website at nextstep.io. That's nxtstep.io. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.